Here we go. You're listening to Email Friday on Law and Gospel on this November the 11th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker and received a very interesting email about a pastor who is black. He's a pastor of a multi-ethnic church, and he recently shared how he identifies more with the cross than he does with the color of his skin. And he believes a Christian's identity should be rooted in Jesus, not in race. He's Pastor Ken Clayter of Alive Church in Gainesville, Florida. And on a radio program called Table Talk, he had told, interviewed by Joni Lamb on October the 24th, and was saying the following. Now, before we begin, I want to say that it's obvious this individual is against the woke philosophy. The woke philosophy, what, what is that? Well, this is a word that actually has come into our dictionaries beginning in the 2010s. And it is a word that originated in African American vernacular English. It's alert to injustice and discrimination in society, especially racism. The, the problem is people are told that if you are woke, it's typically considered to be sensitive to and aware of racial or social discrimination or injustice. They themselves may not be experiencing it, but that doesn't have to be the case. In fact, this definition for woke was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2017. In the area of politics, what woke means is becoming woken up and angry and sensitive to issues of injustice. Now, we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, are having a problem in some of our universities with those who follow this woke philosophy. And it appears that what is more important than talking about Jesus Christ is talking about racism, being angry about it, and making a big distinction between whites and African Americans and Hispanics, thinking that whites have a priority over the rest. So what this black pastor has to say, namely Pastor Ken Clayter, is very important. He begins the radio program, I look at myself as a born-again person, washed by the blood, who is a child of God, and who happens to be black. 
I don't have a problem with my heritage or my race. I love what I am. Clayton, who is also the author of a book, As It Is in Heaven, How a Church That Resembles Heaven Can Help Heal Our Racial Divide, explained why he places greater importance on his religious beliefs than his racial identity. He first of all noted, and this is right out of the scripture, that the church is supposed to be multiracial. There's no doubt that even Christians can be racist due to living in a fallen world, and that some of the racist rhetoric was coming from the church, especially in the South. There were Jim Crow laws, he said, that were passed in the South. And some people believe that segregation was a godly thing. That is a separation between African-Americans and whites. Now, he says, I'm not sure what scripture they were using for that one, because I have other scriptures that slay the opposite. Now, Clayton has a real gift at using the English language to help make a point. I'll give you the first example. I believe, he says, that racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. And we Christians are the only ones who have the answer to sin. And his name is Jesus. So the church should actually be leading the way and be the example. Now, he shared that he's a little weary of people that might be tired of this topic given that he believes it will always be relevant to the church. It's almost this pressure. Let's keep putting our head in the sand and act like this isn't a problem, he said. But as long as we live in a fallen, broken world, there's going to be all kinds of isms, sexism, racism, whatever the isms are, and we in the church need to address it. He says the first way we address it, it is vital to forgive. And he cited Luke 23, verse 34. Remember when Jesus said from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. As Christians, we have to forgive because we've been forgiven of so much. And I think we live in a time where it's almost suggested, well, no, we don't forgive. This has been so bad that you can't forgive someone. And Claytor says that simply is not true. He says, I don't look at social injustices or racism as, oh, that's a white problem, a black problem, 
a yellow problem. I look at it as a demonic problem. Boy, this, this pastor is very good in understanding this. It's not just about a certain group of people. This is about how Satan loves to divide. Remember the Bible verse, for a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Satan will use whatever he can to divide us. Denominational differences, doctrinal differences, pigment differences, etc. Now, he did discuss his upbringing in West Virginia and how his first real experience of racism came during a junior high school class where a girl had him pass a note to another student. I opened it up and it had KKK and white power on it. It was just very hurtful. It actually kind of imploded to the place where other kids got involved. And it was like a little mini middle school riot. It felt that way. And she ended up getting either transferred or expelled. You see, this is a problem, not only in the church, but also in schools, where they think that the goal of Christianity is to get rid of injustice. Injustice, Jesus says, will be here to our final day. There will be wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation. In fact, most wars begin because one nation hates the people of another nation. In fact, it's very important to understand what Claytor is saying. Racism is not something that people are born with. If you put a, put a black one-year-old in a crib with a white one-year-old, they're going to love each other as babies. Someone has to teach them to look at life through the lens of racism. So somebody would teach that kind of teaching. And, and that can occur when we say that whites should be thought of as less than black Americans or Hispanics because they have all kinds of additional benefits. Well, the fact of the matter is, Clayton says that every youth has the possibility of even becoming president of the United States, whether white or black or Hispanic. That's really important to understand. He shared other memories from his youth when he experienced more racism. He was called the N-word and he got into an occasional fight. He remembers one time that he had a kind of a crush on a girl who was from a different ethnic group. And her father, when he found out about Plater's interest, threatened to pull her out of school. 
And it wasn't because I had treated her wrong or done anything. It was simply because of the color of my skin. Clayton developed anger and hurt over what happened. But then he said at some point, God intervened and led him to forgive despite the pain he felt. Now, what does it mean to forgive someone who is racist against you? Whether you're white and you're told that you have more benefits than other people, whether you're black and are told that because of the color of your skin, you're less of a human being. How, how do you forgive? It's, it's not that all of a sudden you begin to love the person who is calling you a racist. But to forgive means what Jesus says. When woke theology is heard in schools, there is a division among the students uh, between the different races, and they no longer care for one another because of what woke theology is saying. I find it really interesting that one of the great elections that occurred, uh, according to the views of the press, was the governor of California. He won by double digits, and he won in areas of Florida that no Republican had ever won before. Now, when he spoke, he must have mentioned a number of times that in Florida, they are not following the woke philosophy. Now, in, in his closing speech after he was elected, he didn't explain what he meant by woke theology, but there was no doubt that people were aware in Florida that people were dividing the state in making a distinction between white people and black people and Hispanic people in a way that is contrary to the scripture. So uh, another thing that Clater said, he developed anger over what had happened to him. But at some point, God intervened and led him to forgive. Now, what did it mean to forgive? It didn't mean that all of a sudden he was friends with those who were calling him names and such, or that he liked to be around them. Forgive means that you are not going to get even with an individual personally. So if somebody calls you a bad name, you don't, as a Christian, turn around and say something bad about them. You, you can indicate that what they're saying is contrary to God's word, and hopefully through hearing the law, they will then be ready to hear the gospel, and they too will not be at all bitter. He said, I felt like when we go through life's experiences, we can get bitter or get better. Boy, I thought that was really good. He says, 
When I was younger, I didn't have a strong relationship with Jesus. And so I was a little bitter. I still had different kinds of friends and things. But in a couple of years, outside of college, I dedicated my life to Jesus. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was almost like I just got supernatural love, Clayter said. And he said, I also got supernatural lens. Now, what does he mean by that? You often come to a conclusion by what you see. There's no doubt that some people look at an individual and make a conclusion about them that is not wrong because of the way that they're dressed, etc. Now, I've said this before, but it's a good example. There was a church, and the people were in church, and all of a sudden, a member of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club came into the church and sat in the pew. He didn't say anything, and at the end of the service, he just left. Well, there was an older woman who had been a member of the church for years, and she went to the pastor, and she said to him, asked him this question, why do we allow people like that to come into our church? And the pastor looked at her and replied, well, we let you come in. That, that is such a good pastoral response because all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. But when the Holy Spirit fills us, hopefully through being baptized or hearing the word of God or reading the word of God, you get what Pastor Clayton refers to as a supernatural lens. You look beyond what appears to be the obvious, whether it's a color of skin, whether it's the way they're dressed, etc. And we all kind of had that problem. When I was at the seminary, there were a majority of students who were following the liberal teachings of the professors there. They didn't believe in the miracles as Jesus told them. They didn't believe that he had died and risen from the dead physically because this is what the professors were teaching. And in that situation, they therefore had a natural lens in looking at the reality of what was happening around them. But Plater got a supernatural lens. In, in other words, that can happen to us. I remember when I was at the seminary, the liberal students often would wear a beard. And I was under the impression, therefore, that if you had a beard, that you were liberal. Now, that isn't true today anymore. 
there are a lot of conservative confessional pastors who grow a beard, and that doesn't make them liberal. But I was under that impression because that appeared to be my experience. And therefore, you treat people differently when you think that they're not worth talking to or you're not going to be able to help them. The Whether you're a Republican or Democrats, it was very interesting in the election to see that the Republican hopes were not fulfilled as they had thought it would be with a lot more Republicans in the House than Democrats or taking over the Senate. At this time, I still don't know what the votes were. But I got to think about it. Why did the Republicans fall into that trap? They fell into the trap that most pastors know. For example, I believe that a lot of people are members of a party, a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent. And it really doesn't matter what the people who are elected are. If you're a member of the party, you're going to tend to vote for someone who is in that party. I, I, I know very well as a pastor, when I'm dealing with an individual who even is a Christian, but not Lutheran, let's say he or she is a Methodist or a Baptist or a Roman Catholic, it's very, very difficult to have them become Lutheran simply by talking to them about the errors in their own denomination. What needs to be done is what we do in adult instruction, where an individual can hear what the Bible truly says, and they can come to their own conclusion that what their denomination is believing is contrary to God's word. When they hear a banquet and a meal, that is far better. And so that is something that politicians haven't learned, is that party is often more important than individual beliefs. And so it's very hard for a Methodist or a Jew or a Muslim to become Lutheran because they were born into an understanding. Their parents maybe even took them to church, and they learned that understanding. And so the way to overcome it in theology is to help them get into an adult instruction class in order that they might hear why Lutheranism is so much better than other faiths. It's not that other faiths that are Christian would mean that a person is not going to heaven, but there's something in even every other Christian faith that is contrary to what Lutherans believe, whether we're talking about baptism of infants, whether we're talking about 
good works as a way of salvation, whether we're talking about that the Lord's Supper is not the body and blood of Jesus Christ, these things need to be talked about. And that does occur in an adult instruction class. And it should occur in every sermon so that the people in the pew become more knowledgeable about the will of God and so that they also may have the opportunity to share with others. So therefore, in the area of politics, one needs to show why your particular view is a better view. If you're a Democrat, then you'll say things that are different than a Republican says. But that doesn't mean that either side is right. It needs to come to an individual where they recognize what they believe now is wrong. And that's why they change. In adult instruction, I had numerous people who became Lutheran when they came to understand the true meaning of what the Bible has to say. And that also needs to be done in the area of politics. In other words, to help people understand why your particular party is better for the country. And that needs to be explained again and again. It doesn't matter whether or not you're Republican or Democrat or an independent, because there are wonderful Christians in each, but there's also a philosophy of each program that may be contrary to God's will. So take a look and listen carefully to what politicians say and examine whether what they are saying is what you want this country to be led by and then vote accordingly. So we here on KFUO, we're not gonna tell you who to vote for because that's between you and God. But we are going to say that you need to look at the issues to see whether or not they would be appropriate for a country according to the will of God. So we thank Pastor in talking about Pastor Clayton about being black. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.